Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Go Home Baba You're Drunk, the podcast where we cry in our cups and sometimes laugh about what is going on in the world and what the Bible says. So my name is Justin. I was an evangelical for many years, a pastor for a few as well. And now I have a podcast where I read the Bible and talk about Christian culture and drink while I'm doing it. So that's the premise. I'm joined by my co-host and she's going to introduce herself right now. Yeah. Hey, I'm Tori. I was raised, you know, fundamentalist and very churchy and uh, very, very over that now. So I talk about it every week as a way to kind of process, decompress a little bit. So yeah. And we just live in a shithole country. So truly. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot to there's a lot to there's a lot to decompress about <laughs> yeah and, and just to give a kind of trigger warning i guess this is going to be a maybe a little heavier of an episode because we're going to talk about current events we're going to talk about some of the shootings we're going to talk about guns we are going to talk about how jesus drags religious leaders you know at the end so if you're like i'm just not into the current events just you know kind of yeah. m- move it's it ahead good. 15, 20 minutes and, you know, we'll, we'll get to the, the bible stuff where Jesus is like, fuck you to religious leaders. Cause that's cathartic for me. Yes. Uh, greed. Yeah. This is like a really horrifically shitty week and we've been having those. We've been having record horrifically shitty weeks. I, I don't know if 2020, 2021 or 2022 is a worse year, which one is the worst, but there it's, it is a, It is a shit sandwich of years. (laughs) Truly. The question is how many, how many layers are going to be in the sandwich? I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping, you know, 2022 is just the bread, Um, you know, and we had 2020, 2021, 2022, and then now the shit sandwich has been eaten, but can hope one can hope, but we did want to get into, there's been some incredibly horrific and tragic shootings the last few weeks with Buffalo and the Robb Elementary as well. Uh, I actually don't remember the exact location of Buffalo, but it's been awful. And it's, it, it is a tired ritual now in American life where, you know, like the Onion article gets more relevant and more sad. Like, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. It, the, like I forget the exact title, but it's 
you know, there's nothing we can do. This is the only country where this happens. Right. Yeah. It's not great. No, it's not. And and it is very much tied to religion. It is tied to evangelicalism. It is tied to conservatism in this country. So I feel like talking about it is in our niche. Oh, uh, yeah. This is like as pro-life as you get children being yeah. slaughtered at school. Yeah, for you sure. You cannot get any more pro-life. Yeah, you can't. They gave their lives to protect the Second Amendment, which is which is exactly what George Washington intended. Yeah. So I, I don't even know how to start in this. To me, I feel like this country and like I, I fully say this as someone who identifies as atheist or non-believer or, you know, whatever label you want to use, like. I really think that this country needs to repent. Yes. (laughs) You know, like when you, when you, when you build your entire country on a literal graveyard mass grave that you created, I think some shit's going to go wrong. And like, this is just in, this is in our like cultural DNA, right? Like, I don't think that you can fix this in that respect. Right. Cause it's, there's so much death and destruction that's just like inherent. And even, even going farther than that, so much death and destruction that is seen as good as necessary, right. As morally right, because we're, we're the good guys. So if we do it, it's, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So I definitely feel like between, between capitalism and like guns, white nationalism, like Christians have a lot of gods and none of them are the person in their book. I think they should deal with that. Absolutely. Like I, I very much think that whether you think Jesus was, is resurrected and alive or is a historical figure that was dead, regardless, whatever, whatever writings we have of his stand or I shouldn't say writings, whatever teachings of his, we have that are still around stand very much against white evangelicals in this country. And I would I would say the United States existing. Yeah, the United States in general like exists on this violent premise that like in even in the Declaration of Independence like we we hold this up as this document of and, and you know like and I think you know life liberty and happiness and the things that it started with were like great. But then it's like one of the grievances that these rich white assholes had was that we can't take land from the natives with impunity. So when you're starting on the premise that like, we should be able to violently take whatever we want, whenever we want it, you're going to get a country much like modern day America <laughs> 200 years later. Uh-huh. And like it, it sickens me that we live in a society that we just like kind of look at this as like the price of freedom, freedom with uh, so many air quotes and asterisks next to it. Like, you know, these shootings are going to happen, you know? And, and I, here's the thing we talk about it, like being a lone gunman, like whether it's a weird dude with a manifesto or just someone with a mental health issue, we say like, Oh, this was a lone gunman. But like, I want to push against that because no gunman truly acts alone. Mm-hmm. Like this 18 year old boy from, you know, and Rob elementary obviously had mental health issues that were neglected and were, and help was not as accessible as a gun. Um, <laughs> Fuck. So yeah, he was sold firearms by a society that allowed this to happen completely legally. 
you know, like as far as the NRA is concerned, he was a good guy with a gun until he walked into that school. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So absolutely. that, I mean, so he, they don't act alone. Like they are emboldened and enabled by a society that just doesn't fucking care. And so that's like, yeah, I, I really want to push against this narrative of like the lone gunman. Like they're not acting alone. Like most of them don't have the social skills to illegally buy a weapon. <laughs> you you, you <laughs> that's know, harsh. Yeah, but I mean, it's true. It's like, true. It's like, absolutely true. Like you don't have the con- like, that's what frustrates me so much when it's like, oh, well, we if, if we have gun control, they'll just get them illegally. Like, will they like this person is very socially inept? Like, right. <laughs> is the mob going to sell them a gun? I, I, I mean, I, I would know. say that, like, honestly, I think that someone someone in this particular position, I would argue that they would be more more likely to be to experience entrapment in the pursuit of a gun than yeah. actually like acquiring a firearm. Yeah. If like I, someone if, would take their money was, for sure. Well, yeah. But yeah. like if if this were if this were a law, right, like this is a person who would absolutely get caught trying to acquire a weapon illegally. They would get catfished by the FBI or the ATF or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. Easily. Yeah. So that's where I'm like the whole argument that like, oh, if, you know, guns are criminalized, only criminals will have guns. Like, no, come on. Like, at least when it comes to these mass shooters, I when you look at the Venn diagram of means, motive and opportunity, they have no roadblocks. There is not a single roadblock anywhere in that what they're going to do. And I would have to say that putting any meaningful roadblock in the way would prevent, would prevent, let's, life. let's even say it only prevents 25% of them. Great. Like, let's that's, do it. That is fucking significant. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh-huh. But it's also one of those things that like, if it does prevent it, you won't know it. Similar to like, if everyone wore masks during COVID-19, everyone will think like, well, this wasn't a big deal like because it worked so i i get that there's definitely people that are going to be like well this doesn't work so I, I don't know i just i i am i am upset and livid that we just refuse to do anything i agree i mean and it gets it gets really messy and complex i think in our particular context but yeah like it is absolutely nuts that it is harder for you and i to like get our meds than it is for us to go buy a fucking AR-15. Like, like, think about that. Like, think what we're, think about what we are rewarding, right? This is like, we have all these perverse incentives, right? That's what economists call them, apparently. It's like, we are supporting behaviors that we ostensibly don't want. I mean, I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I think Republicans really do want schools and grocery stores and churches and synagogues and all those places to be shot up. Because every time it happens, it's more fun fucking money in their pockets because they get to fear monger and say they're going to come for your guns. Right. And then all these people go out and buy guns and then all these gun manufacturers give them money. So it's like this constant, like positive reinforcement when these things happen, because guns get gun sales always skyrocket after a mass shooting, regardless of the circumstances. And I mean, like, I, I definitely, I think that there's so many ways that people can still enjoy shooting, like for fun. If you really feel like you have to have something in your house to protect yourself, like for some people, I think that is actually valid. Most of us know, but some 
Like there are ways to do that too. Like if you need an AR-15 with like a 60 round magazine to defend your home. You do not. You you have made some serious mistakes <laughs> before like, that point. You're part of the mob. You are trafficking yeah. people or substances. Yeah. Like, like, like <laughs> I, most people, a handgun with 10 rounds is sufficient to defend yourself enough. more than enough. And nobody, the thing is like who I, I, I like in terms of, because people do, people do sometimes stop what they think are going to be crimes with, with guns, with like brandishing a weapon. I I'm very curious about like how many of those, I, I usually the gun that you're going to go and grab, it's not going to be an AR 15. No, like, <laughs> like in terms of accessibility, if you need an actual firearm, because like your life is in danger, that's not what you're grabbing. So I call bullshit. Yeah, I, I definitely do. Like I, and you know, there are going to be gun enthusiasts that will say like, well, the government shouldn't determine, you know, what I use to defend my home. You know, I get to determine that like, and that sounds wonderful, but like, that's, I'm also going to call bullshit on that because like, I personally, I determine that a fence around my home that has 15,000 volts of electricity in it is sufficient home defense, but that's illegal. Like, <laughs> like, so we draw the line somewhere like, right. Right. And so like m- most of these debates aren't like gun, anti-gun control. People will try to like question the premise, like, but no one actually questions the premise. Like we're really just questioning where we draw the line because yeah, I, I mean, protecting my car. If I had like one of those cool, like Claymore mines, like embedded in my car door, like that's adequate protection to me. Someone comes, rolls up on my car door. I hit a big red button. It just, it just just blows. They go boom. Like that is much more adequate. I mean, I got to get, get a handgun. It could be my pocket could get stuck. That one big red button, like would just take care of business, but that's illegal. Like that's not fair. (laughs) <laughs> like, so like we, we draw the line and most people be like, oh yeah, that's probably Justin should not have access to Claymore mines. <laughs> um, so I hope if you're listening to this, that's where you fall. <laughs> I hope that's where you fall too. <laughs> um, so, so we, we do understand the fact. And again, like fucking the, if you want to go to the founding fathers, even they were like, there are reasonable limits on what kind of guns people can own. And like a well-regulated militia is a, is a big part of the second amendment. And in this country, the militia is not well-regulated at all. It, it needs to like drop the guns and cuddle and co-regulate for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we do draw the line somewhere and for whatever reason, these chuds and and these people and and i would even say too and a lot of times these shooters society has failed them as well like yes they perpetuated a terrible crime and and i will not back away from that but also like in this rob elementary thing this was an 18 year old child right that really was definitely failed along the way so we're failing these people left and right giving them easy access to firearms is not the answer like that's, that's no, not it's not. It absolutely is not. And like, you know, even the people that I know that like to go shooting just to blow off steam, which 
I legitimately know many people who are like that. You know, I, I think that like, even they, even they would admit like, yeah, it's, it was easier for me to get my guns than it was for me to access like mental health treatment, you know? And I do think that like, I don't know, I don't just to be perfectly clear, cause I, maybe some people don't know, but like you and I both have mental health issues that we struggle with, you know, the majority of people who have some sort of mental illness are going to harm themselves and nobody else. But I think that there are a lot of factors that kind of tie into, like you said, getting an individual to a point where this seems like the best option is slaughtering children. And there are so many places along the way, as you said, that these things can be stopped or prevented. Right. And we just like, when you let people fall through the cracks, regardless of whether or not they have a mental health issue, if they, if they are, I mean, cause I, I think that the one thing that I've seen kind of going around recently lately is that, that actually like misogyny is a better predictor of, of shooting like a mass shooter than, than mental health status. So like, there's, you know, there's a lot of things going on and people are getting a lot of really horrific messages about women, about black people, about trans people, about children. And like, again, like nobody's even, I don't know, like people on the right, I, I'm convinced want this to happen. Like, uh, I, I agree as well, because yeah, it's, it's not just access to firearms for me. I mean, that, that, that is an easy place to go, but yeah, it is, it is how easy is it to get for people to be radicalized? How, you know, and again, you have a, you have a system where a religious system, at least where bodily autonomy is not valued where you're not supposed to feel your feelings. You're not supposed to, you know, and, and you're supposed to be a man, you know, like, and you're supposed to be a provider and a protector. And that can really, you know, when you add that in with racism and misogyny, like that's where you get this Buffalo shooter, you know, who definitely listened to Tucker Carlson and that replacement theory bullshit. And probably in some warped way thought, like I am protecting myself and, and what I value my way of life, because it's their entire identity, right? Like America is their entire identity. They don't have a personality, right? They don't, they don't engage in any kind of critical thinking or I don't even want to say like critical thinking, like they don't question their own shit, right? Like if somebody comes up to me and says, Hey, your idea is quack. Like what, like, what are you doing? Even if it's someone I completely disagree with, like it's worth, it's worth considering. Right. And sometimes I've already considered it because, you know, there's a hundred million white dudes on Twitter and they have about six and a half arguments between all of them. So, you know, in, in, in situations like that, it's like, I don't constantly have to go back and be like, Hmm, well, I wonder if they're right this time, you know, like there's no reason to do that. But I do think that like, we have all of these people trying to like have these arguments but refusing to do any like critical like self analysis <laughs> or or critically examining like the system right they just say like the system doesn't exist i'm not i'm not benefiting from anything nobody gave me a handout or a hand up and then it's just it was easy that's for just me what it is right exactly i tried you didn't yeah i must have just tried harder like no it's bullshit <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's it's it is so layered and, and I don't know why Democrats don't, again, like try. It's 
it, it, you know, there's, you know, I keep seeing these tweets from particularly Democrat politicians, but even Republican politicians that are like, someone needs to do something to prevent these tragedies. I was like, it's you. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh my God. Like oh my Joe God. Biden's Truly. like his Twitter. I'm like, almost every response is like, it's you, dude. Like, you're the guy. You're the guy. Go nuts. Like, just go oh, I for cannot, it. I cannot believe like the, the tweet that Chuck Schumer put out about like, well, we're going to let the voters decide in November what they think about this. It's like we goddamn decided. What are you talking yeah, about? We, like we, do we the put thing. You in power. Like we voted. We voted. You're right. We have decided. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my yeah, God, yeah, like you're here. No, no, I know the voters have decided. And if you survey us, like 90% of us want you to do something. <laughs> right. So if you did something, like, I, I guess that's it. The way polit- politics works in this country is you're just all constantly trying to get reelected, but you're not actually trying to do something like I come on. Like if you would if you would do something, you would get votes. It, honestly, it would save us all a lot of money. You wouldn't even have to advertise like you and I wouldn't <laughs> have to see TV ads all the time. If I knew like, oh, Chuck Schumer, like he got shit done. Right. You don't have to think about that. That's a news you article. Just, you just you just circle that bubble. Yeah, just all right. I'm just gonna vote for you then. You got you got the shit I put you there to do. You did. You don't have to convince me now. Right. Yeah, but it's all about like retaining power and like I don't know counter being a counterbalance. <laughs> we need a really healthy Republican party. It's like we have two conservative parties. Why the fuck do we need an extremist one? Yeah, right. We don't. We don't like. We don't need that. <laughs> We're good. My dream for America, honestly, is that the Republican Party crumbles and dies in spectacular fashion. Libertarians get an uptick. They can be the conservative party. Democrats can be the centrist party. And then we have like a strong like left wing, like leftist party, whatever they would be called. The Democratic Socialists of America. I don't know. This sounds like like communism to me. Like, I mean, I. You must hate God. I must hate God because God loves Republicans. Like God doesn't love Republicans. Like. The God that loves Republicans, I'm sorry, fuck that dude. Like, <laughs> truly, like whatever that God is, the God of like guns and money and like preventing women from having control over their bodies, like <laughs> fuck that God. Like, yeah, it's like Mammon or Beelzebub bullshit. Like, totally, like, totally. That is not like that God's in the Bible, but that's not the main character. <laughs> yeah, people aren't usually usually into that. I it's, it's just it is really astounding to me that that like conservative like conservative evangelicals are it's like oh these these people like they all they all worship Baal or whatever it's like they're sacrificing their children like you just sacrifice you're, you're, you're literally children. you're literally letting people who are conscious and aware of what is happening to them be liquefied by hot metal like go fuck yourself i'm sorry like i'm sorry you don't care about kids who are born don't give a fuck what you think about People who were not yet born. So that's what you're calling them. Yeah. And that's the that's the problem. And I I do want to kind of also talk about the I remember growing up, and I don't know if you had this rhetoric or not, but growing up as a conservative evangelical, we would kind of make fun of liberals for saying things like, but think about the children, you know? It was kind of like a joke, like, oh liberals, they're always like, well, think about the children, like, oh so mamby pamby. I'm like, we fucking should be thinking about the children. Like if my kids aren't safe, like, I, I mean, I, I'm walking up to my school the day after this, uh, this shooting, I'm going to drop my kids off at school. 
like and intellectually i can assent to the idea that them dying in a mass murder event is exceedingly rare like that's that's winning the oh fuck jackpot you know like but it's not like they're decreasing in frequency i mean we had covid-19 but that's just cuz no one was in schools so like it it's when i'm like literally thinking about like okay my 10 year old is probably big enough to carry a kevlar lined backpack when that's like a thought that enters my head and when they make really cute kevlar lined backpacks that's fucked up and when that's the solution like more cops more guns more body armor for children and it's interesting that the solutions here are all buy more shit mhm give the government like the government gets to give the good guys million multi-million dollar contracts for more stuff yeah the that's gov- the solution every time that's the solution yeah and the i can never i can't pronounce it probably because i've only read it but the U- uvalde uvalde texas or whatever the where the rob mm-hmm. shooting was 40 percent of their municipal budget goes to their police department you know what those fuckers did when they got there on scene they rescued their own damn kids and then brought the tasers out to prevent parents from going into that school building. Like, fuck those people. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I am not yeah. generally an all cops or bastards person. I'm just not, you know, that is where Tori and I maybe disagree, but I'm generally not. But I'm like, I, I think I started as like some cops are bastards. Now I'm pretty firmly in the most cops are bastards. Case. <laughs> Like, like this, if you're if you're a good cop, you're an outlier. Yeah, you're an outlier, and you know bad cops, and you cover for them. So, are you a good cop anyway? But I'm like, they were like, and and I understand the whole like they had to create a perimeter, but there were like 80 cops, just like oh, we've contained him to a room. You contained him to a room full of children, and y'all had AR-15s and all your like discount military bullshit, and you stood around and you pointed them at unarmed parents, telling them they couldn't go in. While you're rescuing your own kids, like fucking cowards. Like Mm I, I am, I do not trust my police. I mean, I'm sure there are probably a a good cop or two in the police department of my local municipality, whatever. But I, I, I trust them a whole lot less that they actually would take care of a situation like this. Well, and I think too, that like even somebody with good intentions who is a police officer, like they're also being prevented from running into the fucking building. Yes. Right? Like some higher up told them don't do that. And so they just have to stand there. Yeah. Wait for the SWAT team or whatever. Even though you have like all the gear that a SWAT team would have, you're not allowed, you know, the the special team has to go, whatever. So it's like, yeah. And you're part of a corrupt system. Like, like those police officers probably also evicted a single mother from her house because she couldn't rent. Like you're having to do terrible things as just a function of the job. Yeah, which at that point, I don't know that you can really call yourself a good guy. Yeah, so which is probably why they race to murder someone they seem they think is a bad guy because it maybe it makes them think that they're doing a good job. I don't know. Like, I'm just speculating there, but it's like you, you have to do terrible. I mean, as a police officer, you have to do terrible things like that is the nature of the job. What is so wild to me, though, is that the Supreme Court said that they don't have to protect us. Yeah. So you have to, you have to, as somebody astutely pointed out on Twitter today, you have to evict people. You don't have to do jack shit about an active shooter. Legally, you can do whatever, you can do nothing. And that you is can fine. literally do nothing. And this is why we give you all of our money. Yeah. It's, it's the amount of money for me. Like, 
40%, almost half of the municipal budget goes to this police department that failed them ultimately. Yeah. And they, I think the reports now are for 40 minutes while gunfire is going off in the school, they created a perimeter preventing citizens that wanted to go in from going in. Probably could then honestly, if enough parents had got in there, they probably could yeah, have stopped him. They would have stopped him. Yeah. There's no, because the thing is, it's like you're not as a parent, like you you're not gonna fucking just stand there. Like, I'm sorry. Fuck like, no. Like there's a gunman on a rampage in my kid's school. Like, nope, go fuck yourself. I will figure this shit out when I get there. Like, I don't fuck it. That's just that's you know, that's biology for you, right? Like yeah. that's how we evolved. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, like, like. I was thinking about this the other day, like absolutely an abolitionist, but like those people need to go to prison and they can, when we close down all the prisons, they can get out last. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That's, that's fucking evil. And I, I don't even know if evil is a real thing, but that is like, it's really hard to think of something worse than that. Yeah. Especially when like those police officers got their own kids out and then turned their guns on parents trying to do the same thing. That that is evil, because you broke the rules to go in and get your own kid. On some level, I'm sure you know. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, probably. Probably. I, well, I don't know. That is such a good question. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, the story's what developing. Probably, probably by the time we've you know aired, there might be more information. But I like if you're if your job if you've been told by the higher ups to create a perimeter and not let anyone in, and then you go in to get your own kid and like leave all the other kids and like the student in their the other kids and like the teacher in that classroom and say, lock the door. I don't, I don't know, man. Like you, you seriously fucked up your kid. Cause they're going to have survivor's guilt their entire life. If they make it to fucking adulthood, because the way that that shit fucks your brain up is very real. Yeah. And we're talking about children, right? Like, this yeah. Is, like you, you know. have permanently changed their brain structures forever but hey you know random strangers 18 year olds can buy ar-15s in this country so i guess that's totally as long as your kid doesn't get shot who fucking cares i feel like that's honestly the mentality of many conservatives that are like well you know it's probably not gonna be my kid so whatever yeah no i i really i really think it is it's like they don't they don't they don't care what happens to other people's children like I need a gun to defend my home. It's like, well, what about your black neighbor? Like, well, fuck that. If somebody's breaking in there, I'm not going to do anything. You know, it really is. It really stops at like your door. <laughs> like it stops at your front door. Like you caring, giving a shit, and being like, Mister Protector is that's as far as that goes. Everybody else can get fucked, which is the that is that is the epitome of conservatism. It really is. Like, like I, I mean, I I can even remember a time when like the idea of personal responsibility extended to your community, like that I have a personal responsibility to make my community better. Yeah. To to be a good citizen, to be a good citizen, to protect and serve my neighbors Uh and the people around me. And that has just contracted to, I have a personal responsibility to the people that live in my house and fuck everybody else. And they want to call that Christian. Like they want to call that good. Like that's, that is, that's antichrist to me. I don't, I don't even, I don't even think, I think Jesus is probably dead. Like (laughs) he doesn't care, but I'm like that, that is the antithesis of everything you say you stand for. And, and that's why so many of us left. We're like, 
fuck this. Like, I, I can't deal with your con- contra- tra- contradictory bullshit. I, yeah, I, I, totally. I can't deal with the fact that with in the same conversation, you can say abortion bans work, but gun bans won't. It, it well, because people no who sense. can get pregnant are easier to kill than dudes with AR-15s. That's that logic. They're more powerful. So we won't we won't bother them. The people with AR-15s are the ones daydreaming about killing pregnant people. So there's also that. So I can spitball some solutions. Yeah. I mean, this is like this. This is so hard. Somebody asked me the other day something about that. Like, well, you know, what what do we do? I, I don't remember what I tweeted, but and it was like. This is, this to me is so frequently where people, where people hijack the conversation of like, well, what are you going to do to fix it? And then it's like, there are a hundred million ideas. Like we have data, we can do things that work and still allow people to have their rights, whatever the fuck we decide that means. You just want to, you just don't want to like, you, it's just to me, the like hypotheticals, like here's some, like, yeah, there's, we have data. There's plenty of things that we can do that will reduce this stuff. And, you know, people do this all the time with reparations. Well, what, what would that even look like? That's not the conversation we're having. The conversation is it needs to happen. It needs to happen. And we've done nothing for 20 years. If anything, we've actually made guns easier to get over the last 20 years. Than yes, many states have. Many states, including Texas. Probably most, actually, if I'm thinking about if I'm recalling my numbers correctly. And that's not worked. <laughs> Hasn't like, made people safer. It hasn't made people safer. And if more guns made us safe, then America would be the safest nation in the world. And we're not. Not even close. Yeah. So anything at this point, I'm willing to try if it has somewhat of a backing of, you know, data. Right. Exactly. So that's that's kind of where I start falling. It's like, okay, well, something is better than nothing. And, you know, like, and even if we try something and we're like, oh, that didn't actually work. Well, then we have data and we can try something else. The thing is, like, we've been running 50 concurrent experiments on different types of gun control legislation. More if you count, like, city mandates and policies and and things like that. It's almost like our country was created to not actually work. (laughs) To me, it's dysfunctional as possible because we reproduce all of these things like um 50 times over yeah because wealthy people benefit from chaos more than poor people yeah it's it's almost like maybe there was a or or if i want to even not be nefarious it's almost like this country was created by like 23 maybe early 30s people that were just like let's try some shit out (laughs) what's gonna what's gonna help us keep our slaves Let's yeah. do that. Let's do whatever the thing is that keeps our slaves. Uh-huh. Um, but Let's also keeps, take land from the Indians. But also keeps poor white people from revolting against us. Let's try that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's wild. And I, 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 it's hard to have hope. And that's, that's uh-huh. kind of where I want to land this. I mean, it's, I, I need to have hope in the sense of just pure defiance because hopelessness and apathy is in a lot of ways a luxury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also like, I think I tweeted like 10 years after Sandy Hook, me having to explain this to my nine year old, mm-hmm. not something I should have had to do. And I think the, I mean, I'm not on Facebook much. I'm not, I, I'm actually just been trying to back away just generally from this, but I feel like the political will could be there. 
I just, we really need to just take, we need to borrow the rights playbook and do what they've done. Which is infect the Democratic Party from the inside and make them extremists leftists. Maybe. I mean, not exactly <laughs> replicating what they do, but it's like, right. The, like, like imagine, imagine parts. the, like, imagine the amount of organizational and political will it has taken to essentially run a 24 seven protest of every location where abortions are for 50 years. And, and you know what they managed, I don't know if they actually did, they probably have managed to get it done. So where is that energy? If we, if we could, manifest that energy for our kids i think we could probably get something done but if we're just going to be like what's what can we do so bad um yeah i would say like i i would say that number one things to do like somebody pointed this out on twitter as well be annoying as fuck yeah you gotta be annoying it's not illegal to be annoying sometimes it's effective especially if you're going after judges apparently And yeah, like trying to like look for strategic places where you don't, where you're not going to cause harm, but you will cause disruption, right? To, you know, and again, like this isn't, we don't want this to be like a downstream effect where you're like fucking over people who like earn less than you or whatever, right? But like trying to come up with creative ways to really target like super specific things can have like a, that can have a really, really big impact, right? Like there are, there are a lot of parts for, example of a car that aren't necessary for the car to run but like if somebody takes one of your wheels somebody takes your gas someone steals your catalytic converter like you still got the car but um somebody's made your life really miserable and i'm sure that like people listening to this have had these things happen right you don't have to cause massive amounts of property damage you don't have to hurt anybody like There are absolutely ways, I think, to be disruptive and make people's lives unpleasant, but livable until we see some movement. Because right now it's like all anybody cares about in any political party is getting reelected and like getting money from lobbyists. Like that's really as far as it's going for any of them. So we need I don't to be say this in a partisan more annoying way. than the money that a lobbyist gives them, like put, put a dollar value on annoyance is really what it comes down so to. Many, like, yeah. I'm getting $100,000 from the NRA, but these people are on my lawn 24-7. One of my friends was like, you know what we could do is we could just crowdfund buying a couple of senators. I, you know, that's probably not a bad idea. I think it. that's legal. Yeah, we could just put that on a GoFundMe. GoFundMe, buying some senators, bitch. I bet we could out... <laughs> I it wouldn't be hard to outfund like the what the whatever the NRA pays Ted Cruz to just I don't like, really th- I don't actually think it would be that hard. I'm sure that they probably I'm sure they've given him over a million dollars at this point, but like still I think that there are a million people or you know half a million people in this country who have two bucks that they would give to like buying Ted Cruz off. Yeah. We're gonna give you 1.5 million dollars to reject the NRA's gift and vote how we want you to. Totally. Yeah. And also resign. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think honestly, you have to think that strategically and that coldly, like, cause that's how they think. Like, I do think you could buy Ted Cruz and as disgusting as it is for me to think that Ted Cruz could craft gun control legislation and be celebrated for it. Like, <laughs> like 
I think I, we have to go for some like some like weaker willed folks. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe Ted Cruz is a bad example, but there are there are certainly Republican senators that could be bought. That could be and, bought. And there are certainly Republican senators that could be pressured and judges as well that are in weaker positions. And I think we have to decide, are we going to be annoying? Are we going because that, that's how we got the 40 hour work week. That's how we got. You know, I mean, basically every, honestly, every right you enjoy, frankly, every privilege you enjoy, whether you are a person that is marginalized in this country or enjoys all the privileges in this country, you got those because somebody was super annoying or a large group of people was super annoying. And they're now being taken away because not enough of us are actually willing to be annoying. I mean, I think that it's because like the number one virtue of like the Democratic Party is being nice. Unfortunately, yes. And then it's like when you have people when you have people who think that like children being slaughtered is worth it for their political aims, like being nice. I'm sorry, like being nice is like that's very flawed logic. If kids are worth killing for like to the other team. You're not going to win them over by being nice. Like, fuck yeah. nice. Yeah. And they've called us baby killers for 50 years. Like, yeah. I could easily call them child killers or child murderers and uh-huh. be more accurate, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like, and and that sounds awful and crass, but it's like, unfortunately, that rhetoric works with people. And to be like, dude, like you support children, like doing nothing. The, the functional result of doing nothing on I'll just say mass shootings in America because I think it's more than just gun control. Although I do think that gun control is a part of it or gun safety, whatever you want to call it. The functional result of doing nothing is more dead children. Like that that will be the result. There will be another Rob Elementary, Sandy Hook, whatever. There will be another one. And I hope it's 10 years from now. I hope it's not five years from now. But there will be another one if we do nothing. I can I can I can I interject here just really quickly and then you can continue. The like the functional result of continuing to be nice is that this will happen again. Yes, I, I think that's also true. Like we we have to stop being nice. Like we can be other stuff. We can be kind. We're again, it's like we're not trying to harm people. But yeah, I certainly don't send Ted Cruz death threats because right. you heard on <laughs> Go Home Bible, you're drunk. You should be annoyed. Um. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, maybe don't uh, maybe don't break federal law and have the FBI come after you. Yeah. But like you can be annoying without doing that. Yeah. But you can make it to where like he never has a nice meal at a restaurant. Honestly, doing the people's work. Mm-hmm. Everyone who interrupts Ted Cruz's meal. For sure. Any other thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, I just, I think that like you said, we do. It's kind it's kind of like we do have to still stay hopeful in all of it because I think that like being able to throw in the towel and just like emotionally and mentally check out is privilege. And again, I, you know, it's it's one of those situations where like being silent is being complicit, right? So yeah, I would say like you can you can find something to do and do it. Like I don't think that we can be prescriptive there really at all. I, and I do really try to encourage people to be creative in what they decide to work with, work with, work towards in their communities. But um, I would say take take a take some time, take a critical look at what opportunities you might have to change the system because it's like we we did we did the voting thing 
and they still have no clue what the fuck is going on. Yeah, we voted and we donated and y- y'all still are like, what can we do? <laughs> what can You'll we do? You'll have done? to vote. Give us more money. Mm-mm, no, no, we're yeah. done with this. I'm getting all these like, you know, it's like don't waste a crisis kind of stuff. Like I'm getting so many tech messages from the DNC that's like, Jesus Christ, the Republicans want to like, fuck you. Like you mm-hmm. control Almost Everything. all of it. And if you uh-huh. do what we told you to do, which is remove the filibuster, all this stuff could be done tomorrow. So I'll still continue voting for you because the voting, not voting for you is essentially allowing the fascists to run the country. <laughs> right. um, but the be nice to fascist party also yeah. fucking sucks. Yes. Yes. It, it's someone, someone talked about like voting for Joe Biden uh, versus Donald Trump was like, you have a 1996 like Mazda or you could upgrade to a 2007 Camry. Like you're going to go with the Camry every time. Like, right. You know, like it's just, yeah, you're going, but you're not happy about it. (laughs) Like, you know, like if you're, yeah. Yeah. A a mid nineties, not great car first for a mid two thousands, somewhat nice car. You're going to do that. You do it. But doesn't mean that's what you're dreaming of. Yeah, you're not dreaming of that, no, for sure. So we're going to take a quick capitalism break, and then we'll be back with all the stuff Jesus gets pissed about, because I think it pisses us off, too. All right, thanks. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for enjoying a little capitalism. I hope the Domino's of Alexis was a good ad for you. We do have a couple of patrons I wanted to highlight this week. As as you know, Tori and I were doing a, a, a light patron drive to get 50 patrons for Go Home Bible, You're Drunk. We are well on our way. Mostly that's just because there's more things we want to do and more things we want to offer. And so we need we need funds to do that. We will be starting a Discord community sometime later in the month. And also, if we get to 50 Patreons, 50 Patreons, I can't talk because I already had a drink. And that's just kind of what happens. First things to go is the articulation for me, which is really bad for a podcast. But our premise is getting drunk. So here we are. If we do get to 50 patrons, uh, we will take a take a uh, pilgrimage to Antonin Scalia's grave, as well as do a listener hangout uh, in Washington, D.C. So stay tuned for that. If you want to do that, patreon.com slash go home Bible. Uh, but we did want to call out. We had a couple of new patrons. Carl uh, or Cal. Sorry, not Carl. I just kind of smushed things together. Cal is a new patron. Also, we have a new patron uh, and I will say their full name. Tacos are sandwiches in the same way that clams are fish. That is their full name. I think they will go by tacos for short, but <laughs> I wanted to do the full name because uh, I felt like it was good. Also, Bill as well. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, and Josiah is um, a new youth pastor. So they get a life verse that will be with them for eternity or whenever they decide to not have it anymore. 
Oh man. Okay. Well, I was the one with, with the, with the Bible within reaching distance. Cause like, we don't, we don't keep track of our Bibles anymore. No offense to the couple of Christians that are absolutely listening, but here we are waiting for, for the Holy spirit to lead, uh, my Bible to just flop open on a page so that we can life verse this shit. Okay. Okay. Wow. This is interesting. Uh, so second Peter two verse 19, they promised them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption for whatever overcomes a person to that. He is enslaved. Feels a little on the nose right now. Not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, there's your lovely life verse. So second Peter, uh, the Lord, the Lord has spoken. The Lord has spoken. Um, <laughs> But really, for real, thank really you. heavy on the slavery on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was man. different back then. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it was something to aspire to. <laughs> it, was, it was. Oh God. Okay. Wow. No. 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 So uh, may your aspirations uh, come true, Josiah, and they not be slavey. Yeah. So thank you again very yeah. much for thank you, uh, you know all of our patrons. Much. Yeah, for your patronage and for you know making the show happen. We really appreciate it. So today we're going to talk about uh, Jesus and the uh, seven seven woes, uh, or depending on what you're. Sometimes some Bibles call it the teaching on hypocrisy. But I like the seven woes because that just sounds delightful to me. So Jesus had some choice words to say to religious leaders. Um, and so I, for a drinking game today, I would like to say, if you if you drink, if you're drinking along with us, anytime that Jesus says something that maybe you would like to say to a prominent evangelical, you just go ahead and you take on take a drink and imagine yourself saying it. I also think that it might not be the worst idea for us to skip the whole teachers of the law and the Pharisees and maybe go with like pastors and politicians instead. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're not here for the anti-Semitism. That's no. not what this is about. No, we're not. Tori and I were talking about earlier that like nine times out of 10 Christianity leads to anti-Semitism. <laughs> uh, and that's not um, fucked up. Yeah. And I, honestly, I think when it says Pharisees, obviously it is talking about a group of people and it is in talking about, you know, Jewish leaders. I, I, I think it's also, fair to say that Jesus was a Pharisee or that was the group like he was ideologically to ideologically. So it would be like me saying, woe to the Democrats in a lot of ways. Yeah. I get pissed at them too. I say things about them, but I, I wouldn't want my teachings to later be, you know, seen as misconstrued like, as like kill all the Democrats. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just cause I didn't like some things they did. Doesn't mean there's that a leap you should there. Kill them there or, yeah. Um, there's a leap uh, that a lot of Christians like to take. So I think we'll, we'll lay off that or just, if we do say Pharisees, it's the understanding that this is like the Pharisees as they are depicted in the new Testament, not necessarily the actual group. Not, that, not actual. Yeah, exactly. Or it's definitely an in-group critique that, you know, Jesus is levying, not a, you guys got it wrong and I got it right kind of thing. That's true. And Jesus, I mean, I'll give, I'll give the man credit. Like, well, I'll give them credit. Gender TBD. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he's saying all this stuff, like in front of the crowd and his disciples, like this isn't secret stuff. And he's being very open about his disdain for the way that religious elites generally Religious and political, at least generally. I think the Bible levies a lot of similar critiques throughout for politicians generally and kings generally. 
and religious leaders generally. It's almost like it's a book about like maybe religion's a bad idea. And so I find it interesting. So you know, you have Jesus like standing up in front of this crowd. He's like, and you know, the experts in the law and the Pharisees and you know, the, the these people that are really religious folks, you know, pay attention and don't do what they do, you know, and they tie up heavy loads hard to carry and put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a single finger to move them. Fuck if that's not our purity culture childhood mm-hmm. tied up in a bow. Yeah. I don't know what is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Especially with all these sex scandals coming out. Like God, all of you Ugh. shamed us for our bodies and our, our desires. And you were and all fucking predators. All of you were predators. The Every entire time. They do all the deeds to be seen by people. They make their phylacteries, which is a, you know, it's a, it's a ritual kind of little container there. Or if you're in D and D it's where a lich keeps their soul. But <laughs> I guess I'm not quite as into D&D as Justin is because I like, did not know this little there's a, well so it, it's actually so total segue for you nerds out there so they've called them phylacteries in like D&D stuff forever and there's actually another company that decided to call them soul jars instead as to be respectful of the Jewish people and there were all these people that are like oh they're going woke like this is so dumb like I was like this is a tabletop role-playing game. If you want to right. be a phylactery Real, like, at your really, table, like, yeah. you can just say No that. one is like, stopping you. No one's stopping you from being anti-Semitic. We're just requesting that you not be. Anyway, uh, so they make them seem, you know, like, and again, like they love the honor of banquets and the best seats in the churches. Like the, you're describing the Republican party. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they love to be just called out as these religious people. And I'm like, and this is just one of them. I'm like, you're already hitting the greatest hits here, Jesus. Like, yeah, you are in a lot of ways. You're speaking truth to power in a way that people that claim to follow you will not. And that's that's kind of nice to me. It is. I appreciate it is. that. I don't know if you want to take verse 13 or keep moving or I can. I can. Yeah, no, I actually um, I did want to. I was reminded because verse nine, it, well, verse eight is you're not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher and all of your brothers, which is kind of a kind of cool line. But then verse nine, like do not, and do not call anyone on earth father for you have one father and he is in heaven. And I remember using this verse on like my Catholic friends. Cause I was a little <laughs> bitch of an evangelical. I was like, well, the Bible says don't call anyone father. That's not what that means, you guys. Yeah, no. Verse 13 is such a kicker. And Jesus says, woe to you, teachers of the law, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. And I'm just like, hi, this is like white supremacy. (laughs) Like, this this is like literally a verse about like America. It's like, you have all of this stuff. There's more than enough for everybody to have like a really quite extravagant standard of living compared to like the entirety of world history. And it's like, nope, you just shut the door on people. It's like, sorry. Yeah. All, you don't get all, to go in. All in the name of like fairness, but it's this like warped view of fairness. Yeah. Like like these people that are like, well, I paid off my student loans and it's not fair to me if they're forgiven. Life isn't fair. Yeah, this is like what I was told like, my whole yeah, life. Yeah, life isn't yeah. fair. Sorry. All of you have preached your whole life that life isn't fair. <laughs> and now you're whining that it's not fair to you. Yeah. Other people have less debt now that harms you. Yeah, somehow this harms you. Like you you still get the ribbon. That's what I've been saying. I've been saying this about billionaires. Billionaires shouldn't exist. You get to nine 
you know, hundred million dollars and nine, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. And we yeah. give you a trophy. You won capitalism. Good job. Everything beyond that. Now, you go, now you go back to zero. <laughs> yeah. Like does everything beyond that, every, every cent you make, whether it's capital gains or whatever, like hundred percent taxed, but you get the medal. You won capitalism. <laughs> you like, did the thing. You did it. Everyone did is it. going to be proud of you for all of forever. Yeah. But you, until the but, planet burns up because you, you existed. Yeah. But you never get more than a billion though. More than you never get a billion. Uh, yeah. I just like, I read this book a long time ago. I forget who wrote it. It was called Selling Water by the River. And it was just describing religious religion in general. I feel like this is very much that verse that like speaks to that. Like, I feel like so much of our religious upbringing is just a bunch of people selling water by the river. You can't, you can't go in there, but we'll sell you this water. You know, don't, don't drink out of that. Don't, mm -hmm. don't, mm -hmm. don't actually touch and taste and see what life is like. Here, come, come over here. We'll, we'll sell you, we'll sell you that good water. You don't get into the kingdom of heaven and you don't let other people come in like you're an asshole. So woe to you, teachers of the law, ex, you know, evangelicals, whatever. You cross land and this this one, I've actually said this to people before. You cross land and sea to make one convert. And when you get one, you make them twice the child of hell as you are. Like, <laughs> like I'm sorry, that still slaps 2000 years <laughs> later. Like That goes hard still that, for like, sure. Like that man was crucified for a reason. And I they think were it's like, a we're slide. not into this shit. Like, like, we're not into this. How do we kill this guy? Like, yeah. I, I don't I think that one just speaks for itself. It really does. It really does. God, these people. Oh, and this really makes me think of everybody who's like, oh, I'm an evangelical now. Oh, I'm a Republican now. <laughs> like right before it comes out that they've like assaulted somebody, just so happens that they're like, I'm one of the good guys now. You can't judge me. Like these are the people that you're trying to win over to your side. You just, you just discipleship in this country has become making people children of hell. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Uh, this one was always really interesting to me, and I, I'm like, I'm really curious about your take on it because Jesus says, like, criticizing these religious leaders, like. You say if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, that person is bound by his oath. And then he says, like, which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? Um, and he goes on and does, like, the same kind of things, like, swear but you say that, like, if you swear by the altar, that doesn't mean anything. If you swear by the gift that's on the altar, like, you have to keep that oath. And it's like, which one is greater? And, like, I remember, you know, I definitely remember hearing this verse. I don't remember, like how it really was like applied to anything because like swearing like swearing an oath is kind of we don't really do that anymore we don't really do that and and it's it's the idea that like you're swearing by something sacred in order to show how serious you are about keeping this thing i mean obviously you no know, it's it's all constructs it's all words it's all you know just ways to reassure each other i mean this is this is why religion works as a as a social construct it's this shared language it's a shared idea like i understand if i'm if i'm working with someone who takes the gold in the temple seriously and they swear by the gold in the temple then i can trust them like it makes sense but i think jesus is pointing out like you're just swearing on a pile of money right <laughs> like yeah like what is the yeah. thing you actually care about like it's it's the money 
or it's the extravagance of the gift, you know, or whatever. Like, I think he's really going after, like, if you're going to swear oaths, you know, which I think Jesus isn't really an oathy person anyway, but true. But if you're going to swear oaths, swear by something that's actually sacred, not like the thing that, you know, like, what is it you're actually swearing on? I think it's just more, I think it's just him making another jab about the fact that they're so like money grubbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he immediately goes into the like criticizing them for tithing from like their spices, but like not pursuing justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. It's like, like it. I don't even, I don't even know that there's really anything like. I don't even know that there's anything to add to that. Like you've you've neglected the more important matters of the law, right? Yeah. Justice, it's not and faithfulness right it's not even like it's not even like this is a religious thing it's not like constrained to like you know you have to show mercy like in religious like this is he's making it like a legal thing which i think is really wild because they're like obviously the law is kind of spread all over like the old testament the torah the hebrew bible and I'm probably many documents words. that we've lost. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 fair. But yeah, like being being like hyper, being like hypercritical of like people's behavior in ways that don't matter at all, right? Like policing people's behavior and then being like, well, I'm a perfectionist. Like, can't you see? I don't even forgo tithing on my spices. <laughs> and then using, but then using like your power to constrain people, to harm people, to be unjust as someone with power yeah that's that's real i think it it's interesting that generally the bible isn't necessarily against the idea of people accumulating wealth Mm -hmm. but it is very much like you are held to such a high standard maybe you don't want to accumulate wealth Mm -hmm. you know like there is there is because you have accumulated power there is a lot of extra responsibility that goes with that and he, and he's saying like y'all are d- doing like the song and dance show but you have ignored justice mm-hmm. you know and that's a legal term and mercy you know like and I, it always struck me and it always bothered me i mean this is one thing that led to my you know ultimately to my deconstruction because when we would talk about like you know i would think about hell or something like that does not seem very loving that does not seem very just even like that does not seem like justice, you know, and, and Christians would say like, well, God's love is, is higher or different than our love. It's so beyond our concept of love or God's, you know, justice is so far beyond our concept of justice. Like, and I was like, well, then it's functionally useless to me. Like if, if I can't receive it as love, then, then it is not love. Mm. If I can't, you know, receive it as justice, then it isn't justice. It will feel unfair because it is unfair. Um, You know, like, yeah, that, that, I mean, I think that there's, there's God, there's so many things here that, that stick out to me. I think one of them being kind of circling back to what you just said that you're, you know, if you have power, you're held to this much higher standard. And Jesus is like critiquing the fact that the people with power are held to a lower standard which makes me think of like police and politicians and pastors and all of them. I I think that like, yeah, there's this clearly is a pattern, right? That when people accumulate power, suddenly like 
the standard that they're held to goes down kind of across the board. I mean, that's why it's, I mean, there are parts of the Bible that certainly are like regressive and toxic and, or ridiculous and should be made fun of, but there are other parts that I'm like, humans have been humans for a long time. And, you know, this is, this is rich humans have also been rich humans. Like they're not, I don't know why people worship him, but Elon Musk is not that creative. You Mm -hmm. know, he operates at a different scale, but it's like self-indulgent assholes are going to be self-indulgent assholes. So yeah, blind guides, you strain out the gnat and swallow the camel. It's just like, that's, yep. that's pretty good. So I don't know if you want to take verse 25. I do like, I do like using this one on, on, on conservatives on Twitter sometimes, but Jesus's critique in 25 and 26 is you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. And I do have to say, like, as a child, I did legitimately think that this was about doing chores, like actually washing the dishes. <laughs> He's giving you house cleaning tips. Because the Bible is not appropriate for children. <laughs> but like now, I'm like, mm, okay, you, you're, you're looking, you look real nice. Like these, and like the next one is like the whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful on the outside, but inside you're full of death. Yeah, you're deaf. Yeah. This is, hey, pandemics and abortion. And like, you can apply this to everything they do. Tori, have you ever heard in, I mean, think the entirety of your time in evangelicalism, did you ever hear a sermon about greed? And not like greed is good. (laughs) Probably heard that. No, I know. You like a a sermon condemning greed. Yeah. Mm, The sermons that I heard on greed were always they were always conflated with like hard work right so it's like don't be greedy but work hard and accumulate shit (laughs) because god wants you to work really hard this is probably why they think that like elon musk's works right because billions right exactly exactly and 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 hard and having this is the same thing like that we've talked about with Trump is they think that like having wealth is proof of God's favor, right? And so, yeah, if you somehow this is it's become a thing where it's like, don't be greedy, but do be a capitalist because <laughs> those two things can be separated out. Yeah, I, I honestly don't. I'm sure I did hear one, but like one amongst thousands, maybe. And certainly, yeah, uh-huh. it would have been more of a like, you know, don't be greedy like the Pharisees be greedy for Jesus or something like, I don't know. Like I heard so many more sermons about not being gay than not being greedy. Yeah. Yeah. So many more. Yeah. I'm sure it was like one of those, like, don't be greedy, but if you're wealthy, don't feel bad. Because God's blessed you so that you can bless the church. Blessed to be a blessing. Like- those fuckers are not tithing. No, <laughs> sorry. Like, like, they're not even paying their taxes. Statistically speaking, poor people <laughs> or lower income people are more generous than yeah. wealthy people by like a very large margin, not in terms of raw dollars, but in terms of percentage of their given. income. Yeah. It's, it's not even close. Yeah. Yeah. Your whitewashed tombs that look beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of bones of the dead. And everything unclean, like just laying it on thick. Uh huh. Yeah. This is not. He he was. I don't know. Jesus was not not being subtle. 
on this particular day. It wasn't like, Hey Jesus, tell us what you mean by this. And he's like, no, just walks away. <laughs> yeah. Like one of the few times Jesus is clear is when he's like fucking around with religious leaders. Like there's not like a lot of ambiguity here. It's like, I know that you don't understand when I say things that are like, you know, kind of giving parables, stories, examples. So like, yeah, let me be perfectly clear. You are a whitewashed tomb and you are full of death. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, yeah, you want to do verse 29. This one's another one that like still. I know. I like, how do all of you still, yeah, all these still kind of slap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jesus says, woe to you. You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead then and complete what your ancestors started. I have so many feels about this. Oh my God. <laughs> like we would have been abolitionists if we'd been alive back then. Like, get mm-hmm. fucked. We would we would have been with the Freedom Riders. Like, uh-huh. you were old sure. enough to have been with the Freedom Riders. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Like, I don't even say I would have been with them. Like, like I, because I, I, I mean, one, there's no way to know. Like, right, that's true. Like my current understanding is based on my previous experiences, but it's like, like I, I don't think anyone can say like, oh, if I would have lived back in, like, no, chances are you would have been a white asshole. Like, that's just probably like everybody you went to church with. Yep, exactly. You know, like, and I, 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 I've been blessed with the experiences I've been blessed with in the sense that like I, I've been able to wake up to a lot of this stuff. But like, yeah, if I was born in like 1950. No, I don't. I don't. I think it, it would have been a pretty rare individual. And I don't know that that individual would have been me. You know? Yeah. I mean, it was, I think that there was, a, there was like a very real cost to that. Yeah. You know, like a lot of those people were assassinated, like even the white ones. It wasn't, that wasn't, that was like, you knew you were taking your life in your hands. I feel like it's, it is, it's, I think it's pretty much impossible to say like, Oh yeah, for sure. I would have done that. I think it, I think that we were like coded to say those things, right? Because it's like be a martyr for Jesus. So obviously like, and we, and we were like, we were taught to like sort of glamorize martyrdom, like being killed. Unfortunately. <laughs> so I think that we were definitely coded to say that like, yes, absolutely. I would have done those things, but yeah, like there's, there's no way to know. And I'm glad that I didn't, I was never asked to die for Jesus because in retrospect I should have said no even though I in that particular case like maybe when I was very very brainwashed like might have legitimately done that yeah it's like oh yeah sure Good to <laughs> right. like, <laughs> like no I want to go to like the most dangerous place in the world to do missions work like you can kill me it's fine it's fine they'll celebrate me in churches for right. generations to come Oh man, I wasn't also a colonizer, so they won't. <laughs> Unfortunately, those things go one way. Yeah. So it's just, uh, yeah, you vipers and snakes, like, how will you? And then he even like lays it on, like, how will you escape being condemned to hell? Mm, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, yeah, just, you know, like, I, you, you, like, to, to have the like balls it would take 
to go to like the national prayer breakfast or something Uh and stand Uh up in front of them and says, all y'all are going to hell. Like, like, yeah, I don't even know how you're going to escape. That's, that's some balls. It is. And I'm I'm here for it. Uh, Yeah. So so for this reason, I'm sending you prophets and wise men and experts in the law, some of whom you will kill and crucify. And some you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. You know, like, so like you're basically like, you're going to kill us. You're going to come after all of us, even like names, names, Zechariah, uh, I mean, it was another, was a guy, I think it was, I think he lived during the time of Isaiah. Maybe he was like killed on the temple steps or something. You know, you murdered him right here. Like I tell you this, this generation will be held responsible for all these things. Now that's where we get into anti-Semitism, Jesus. Like you get mm. back off on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Totally. totally. But he was feeling the feels like I could be like, you were feeling the feels. I get it but I'm not yeah. going to take it seriously. Right. <laughs> like, okay. And now we're going to punish you. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think that Jesus was anti-Semitic. He was just real mad. And was like <laughs> maybe saying some things, you know, that later on, if we, if he was, you know, still alive, we, we could ask and be like, Hey, did you really mean for us to like put the Jews in ghettos and kill them? Oh, you were just mad that day. Oh, right. Right. Exactly. Yikes. We thought you meant something different. I mean, considering the fact that he would have had, I mean, he was alive long enough to have had the opportunity to like preach for, you know, constraining people, putting people in prison. He always did the opposite. Yeah. I don't I know. Mean, to me, it seems like maybe he was speaking to this particular group of people and not all Jews. Not but, like universalizing the yeah. uh, the experience, or even like there. speaking specifically to this generation. Not whatever. Anyway, yeah, I think that this is this is like where the Bible gets messy too, in terms of like the way that evangelicals use the New Testament to be anti-Semitic. I mean, they use the Old Testament to be anti-Semitic too. Um, is the universalizing of everything? Yeah. In the text, like all of it applies just as much now as it did then, which is like, yeah, at that point we discussed this, that's just religious propaganda. And then just at the end here, he compares himself to a mother hen, which I love. I love that Jesus. That's what manly men do. Of all the birds he could have picked. Of all the birds. He picks a lady chicken. <laughs> you know, like wants to gather Jerusalem up. Like a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you won't have me. Oh, yeah. Aww. The only reason I wouldn't want to be a chick under a mother hen is because of the smell. I Otherwise, imagine. it sounds kind of cozy. It does sound kind of cozy. You know, like, yeah, you see birds all snuggled up and you're like, oh, this looks nice. And then you see what birds do. Oh, how dirty they are. Ugh, yuck. God. Um, Nasty. Chickens are part of my pandemic experience. For Not a year. again. <laughs> Those motherfuckers are dirty. One of my friends, though, has like 40 or 50 chickens. So we just gave ours to her. That's fair. It takes a lot of work. Like, you, know, you think like, oh, fresh eggs. Like, no, I got to wash these. I got to mm-hmm. bathe my eggs here before I can eat them. Oh, gosh, you got to you got to like rinse your boots off. Like you have to hold your breath to go out there and like. Try to get around all the flies. Chickens are gross. That's all. But Jesus, Jesus wanted, wanted to be a lady chicken. Jesus wanted to be a chicken. All chickens are ladies unless they identify otherwise. Roosters are the dudes. So yeah, if you're gonna um, if you're gonna cast angry Jesus, 
podcast, angry Jesus, who is like being really, really, really angry right now that I'm really enjoying. It was having a moment with their anger. I would really, I would, uh, you know, this is not really necessarily angry Jesus, but I would very, very much enjoy hearing uh, Samuel L. Jackson read this particular <laughs> chapter of the Bible. I would be, I would pay money for that actually. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, cause he would kill that. Yeah. Yeah. He would definitely, that would be pretty good. I don't know why, but I'm thinking like Oliver Platt. <laughs> I don't know. I don't why. even know if I know who that is. Oliver Platt. Yeah. You can look him up, but I, he's, he's, he plays a lot of lawyers and like lawyery types. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, he's also a funny actor too sometimes. So he definitely looks like he could get pissed do a really good job like telling you what's what yeah i think he was on a couple episodes of the west wing as well so it just kind of has that Ooh, like okay. political kind of feeling to him so yeah that's kind of where i'm i was leaning that way but honestly if i'm gonna like have to pick i would pick samuel L. jackson for sure that is a much better <laughs> casting. You just, like i don't want an i don't want an autograph will you just read this for me you could just read this so i can record it i'm gonna keep this forever and I wonder if Samuel L. Jackson was like, I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> Anything to add to this uh, lovely set of woes that Jesus lays down? I'm really, I'm really, really into it. Don't, don't use the Bible to be anti-Semitic. That's what I got to say. But definitely use it to speak truth to power. Because I think that's, that's what it should be used for. So uh, thanks, everybody. If you want to follow us on the things, you can do that at Go Home Bible. If you want to donate to us so we can speak truth to Antolin Scalia's grave, uh, <laughs> patreon.com slash go home Bible. I'm uh, on Twitter at Justin D. Gentry and Tori is at Tori Glass. So thanks everybody for listening. Uh, take care of yourselves. Uh, this, is, this is a shitty time and yes. your nervous system is not doing well, I will say. So drink water and go sit outside. Yeah, drink water. Soak up the sun as much as you can. Uh, Co-regulate with your loved ones. And uh, yeah, have a good week. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.